Well, let's just do it in chronological. Let's do her first birthday because this is before I was in the world. Okay. I don't know what it. Actually, I don't even know what this one has. I know my birthday tape, but I don't know hers. So let's see. Yeah, that's my sister. She's um, being a performer. <laughs> They're all trying to get her to look at the camera. Yeah, from as early as I can remember, she wanted it to sing and perform. Like, you know, look at my first birthday tape. She's dancing in there. Yeah, so, like my sister uses this video, she calls back to this video once in a while, like when she gets mad or frustrated about the past, like saying, you know, look at me at, you know, when I was two or three, like I was already like dancing and I wanted to be a performer. <laughs> but, she will probably die. I mean, that's what she says because of like, it's hard on her body and her heart. So it's possible that she could die before my parents do. So this one is um, Big Sur camping, oh, like a trip that we took in, I think, 93. So we were nine. I was like nine. She was like maybe 10 or 11. There's my sister right there on the yellow. Yeah, she's like the only one that kind of looks at the past, you know, in our family. I just hear my mom's voice in the back of my head saying like, don't tell anybody, you know. <laughs> Do you feel uncomfortable about talking about this? Like, honestly? A little bit. Why? Is that bad? No, no. I just don't want to be pushing you. No, no, it's fine. I think it's good. Um, for this story, you know? Yeah, my sister has schizophrenia. So it's a big shame thing in uh, Korean culture. Like, especially in Korean culture, like you're disabled or like you have mental illness. It's like so bad. It's like you're cursed basically. And like nobody wants to talk about it. And I hate that. It's really stupid. 
we say it's like genetic, um, but it was also stress induced because she she was pushed too hard and and it, you know broke her mind. It was just pressure from my parents, you know. In general, like growing up, my sister was such a sweet girl. Like whatever my parents wanted her to do, she would just do it like faithfully. Like oh, you know, practice piano for four hours straight. Like yeah, she'll do it. Or I remember she was really successful in a spelling bee. Like in elementary, she went to like the national level. And then like I was only a year behind her. So when it was our turn, like my year to do it, I'm naturally a really good speller. So I could have gotten to that level. But right when they did the first round, I purposely misspelled the word because I saw what happened to her. Like she was like always like studying and stuff like that. And like I'm, I'm different than her. Like I'm more uh, rebellious and like I want to have fun and stuff. So I wasn't like her where she's submissive. And so what happened in high school was she wanted to go to a, like a performing arts high school, actually. But we, we, the parents wouldn't let her do that. She's like, no, nah, study hard. Education is the way to go. And um, every Korean uh, kid growing up, second generation kid, their parents pushed them really hard to, to go to UC or Ivy League schools. And... Um, she didn't want to do it. She couldn't take these. She couldn't handle these classes. So she asked him, "Please, get me out of this." Like saying, "Like I can't. Like this is crazy." Like she was like losing weight and like um, she was like re really skinny and like having. She had like diarrhea every morning. Like she just couldn't handle it. I remember she, her telling me when she was just at her desk and she started like laughing, like uncontrollably. Yeah, she just started laughing, and then my dad was like, "What the like?" Why are you laughing? And then she like I don't know what she said, but then he went to my mother and told her like she's laughing for no reason. Like they, that's when that it hit them that something was wrong. I was just in my own world at the time, you know, in high school, and I didn't. I I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know like yeah that level of severity, like how how it was permanent well, what until. Were the signs that you knew that something was wrong. Oh, I mean, I mean, she went to the hospital and stuff. So it's like, so, you know, one time my sister was saying my parents are crazy. They had their like evil scheme, like they're like possessed by demons. So when the police came, we went with the police to the hospital, the mental hospital. And then I sat in the office with my mom and talked with one of the doctors. And I was like completely exposed to everything. And and then I visited her at the when she was at that hospital and... Like she'd be watching TV in the room and then like she'd think like something from the TV's communicating to her. Well, like for instance, like she'll be watching a film, it's like Colin Farrell's in it, and she's like, Oh, he's trying to he's in the film, he's the hero, he's trying to save me, you know? Or, you know, Michael Jackson's like coming over right now to meet me or something like that. Like just straight up delusions, like yeah. So one time there was a she stripped naked and she ran out in the streets in our neighborhood. Like she went, she went to some stranger's house, and they found her, like a family, like they found her, and they, the police were called and stuff. Like, see these things, I had no idea what. I was like gone. I was outside hanging out with friends or something. I didn't know this would happen. A couple times, I remember coming home and there'd be police there, so, cause like trying to contain her or whatever. Like, yeah, it was just like thoughts saying, oh, you have to take your clothes off now. You have to, like, somebody telling her to do something in her head. So. I remember one time she was in her house, uh, room and she locked it and I don't even know why we had a lock at that time. It's so stupid to do that on a person that's like that, but she was like 
destroying stuff in the room, like taking all her clothes out and throwing it out the window. And I heard all this noise and I thought she was like trying to kill herself or something. So I tried to like break down the door. And my parents were there. They were just trying to call the cops. I'm like, you need to help her. Like, you know, she has like night terrors. So she'll, sometimes she'll be in bed and she'll like shriek in the middle of the night and wake everybody up because she's like having who knows what kind of scary thoughts in her dreams. She can't even rest. Like she has to take medication, you know. And I've been there for a couple of times. Like when I slept over, it woke me up. And I was like, it's the scariest thing, like hearing that kind of scream in the middle of the night. Uh, There's another instance she told me where she was, she'd be in class and she'd be crying and writing me a letter, like saying, um, please help me, like get me out of this, like, because no one else was helping her, you know, like my par her parents, like they're the ones you're supposed to go to for help. They weren't helping her, they were making it worse. So um, she wrote that letter to me, but she never gave it to me. And uh, she said, I don't know why she didn't give it to me. <sighs> but to save her, yeah, like during that time, if, if she was like writing a letter to me and say, please help me, I would like freaking, you know, barge into the house and like punch my parents, like to save her, like seriously, like out of this hellhole, like that it was. I would do anything in the world right now to take back, you know, what happened to her. It's horrible. Did she tell you what was going on in, in her inside her mind when that's happening? I mean, it's just um, when you're in that mode, you, that delusion is reality and you believe it completely. It's kind of like a dream, I guess, you know? She, she's the only reason we still have that, the VCR, because like of these tapes and like tapes that she recorded, like uh, like oh TV she recorded stuff like performers like Mariah Carey or somebody on TV she recorded it and, and then she she has them all on tape and she would like still look back on it like old like Paul Abdul like old stuff from the 90s like t VHS tapes that we had so it's like she's still she's all about the that the past and stuff. So like once in a while she'll be just in the living room if I ever visit home and she's still playing stuff and I'll just walk through the living room she'll be like and then I'll just sit down and like eventually watch it with her. We're trying to um, go hang out more like go watch movies. Like I love movies are my life so like she's just recently kind of come into that, like, realizing how cool it is to, like, go to a theater and escape for, like, two hours. Just be in another world and escape, like, just to relax. And she can, like, relate to films. Like, I took her to see Southpaw, like, and she freaking loved it. Like, she was like, oh my god, I can, I understand Jake Gyllenhaal's character, like, all the shit he has to go through, like, struggling, being an underdog, like, so I'm, like, really happy that, that, like, she can, like, like that stuff. 
She likes Eminem too, so he did the soundtrack. <laughs> funny because actually my parents I think their relationship got better through this and that's one of the things that my sister sometimes it comes up when she's yelling and about like when she yells about this stuff it comes up that oh you know it took my suffering to help you guys like to come together you know All those times when she cries and she yells about her past, regretting her life that she has, she's just looking at the past. And, and I just try to be there for her, to comfort her and support her. Like, it's difficult, yeah, we'll go out. And sometimes, like, you know, we'll watch a movie and it'll be great. And then, like, it could be something as simple as, like, a look or something you say, and she'll be off. Like, once a negative thought enters, then it just goes into the whole thing of, like, I shouldn't even be sick, like, and then the whole blame thing and, and then crying and, Early on when uh, that would happen, I just would get mad. The funny thing is like, I still see my dad reacting that to that. So what she'll say is like, oh, you don't know anything about my experience. And then she'll go into like, you suck. Like you're horrible. Like you, and she'll point out everything about you, like flaw and like explode it to the max and say like, you, you are like basically like the worst person ever. And it really hurts like, and um, when I first went through that when I was young, it hurts so much. I'm like, wow, like she's saying so much truth. Like she's been with me since I was a little kid. She knows how, you know, how rotten I was as a little brat kid. And like, she's pulling all that against me. And um, my mom just like, can't deal with it. She walks away or she gets mad. Like, they, and then even my dad, like he's still reactive to when she's saying all those ugly things about a person, he still reacts to it. It's really hard on them. I see it in their face too, like the age in the last two years. It's really gotten to them. At one point, my mom would go to these like meetings with other families that were dealing with their own children having schizophrenia or some kind of, you know, whatever it is. And uh, the thing that she told me about it was that my sister's doing so much better than anybody else. Like they can't do anything, you know, they just stay home and like watch TV or like just eat and like, I mean, who knows? My sister's pretty miserable right now, but like she's doing way better than them. She's like disciplined. She gets up every morning and takes care of herself and goes out to dance classes in LA, like West Hollywood or whatever. Like these, you know, these studios filled with like people that are, these people that are like very harsh in how they view other people and they judge each other, like the way you dance, the way you look. And so she's, Imagine that pressure, like, even a normal person has, like, is difficult to deal with, but she has to deal with it with her, you know, her illness. And, like, she would come home sometimes from that and just cry, or she would have to leave the class, and she would just drive home crying because she feels horrible. And I, I can't imagine it, man. Like, And then another thing is, like, the stress of, like, being around all these younger people, like, fit young people that have been dancing from, like, freaking three years old, like, and she's like, what, early 30s now? Like, you can't, you have no future in dance. Like, you can't. You can be a teacher or that's it. She always talks about, I never got to enjoy my 20s. My whole youth was taken from me. 
I think she's happy when she's dancing. She's happy when she's performing. She, she gets a, a gig, it's amazing, like, and then we get to go to it and support her and she's like happy and, you know, we get to videotape it or whatever. created by James Kim and Robert Grova. This episode was mixed by Valentino Rivera and original music by Ryo Balm. <laughs>